Hello, hello. In this podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing and talking with Erin West, who I feel is a beautiful example of stepping into their inner knowing and their energetics. And as we go deeper into the next episode on Thursday and go into her chart, you will realize and notice how in tune her life is with her energetic blueprint of human design. So Erin is an Ivy League graduate and lawyer, and she found herself at a crossroads with her two-decade marriage to her children's father. So this relationship was ending. She could either continue on with a high-achieving life that left her exhausted, stressed, and gave her challenging physical symptoms, or she could redesign her life to be aligned with what made her feel most fully herself. So she chose the later. She chose to step into her authenticity. So during what she calls her blank state period, she slow traveled globally with her kids and began learning to trade stocks for income. And eventually her friends, who were still tired and stressed themselves, began to ask her to teach them how to trade. So in early 2022, she began teaching them and has continued teaching women this powerful sovereignty practice that is an essential tool for self-inquiry and living the soft life. I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. I hope you listen to it over and over. It was such a beautiful discussion. And in the show notes, there is a special discount for you if you choose to go into her Human to Trade program, which I am currently in, so that you can learn how to trade and create another income form or stream in your life. So the coupon code is PROVOKE, capital P-R-O-V-O-K-E, and I hope that something here really calls to you, either triggers you in some way because a trigger is definitely something to dive into or gets you excited or both. And if not, that's okay too. Come back to it. Listen again. Everything is in right timing. I can't wait for you to dive in. I can't wait for you to listen. I would love feedback on this. She's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. And I'm so grateful that she presenced us on the Provoking Prosperity podcast. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 Manigen who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. This is Miranda here with the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. And today I have Erin West on, who I'm very, very 
very excited to have on. So I'm going to have her introduce herself because I'm sure she can explain it much better than I can. Welcome, Erin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. So I serendipitously am a teacher of trading in the stock market to women, which is as much of a surprise to me as anyone. And it's kind of a wild story how I got here. I'll just keep it short. But I went through a huge change in my life. I had a huge divorce that was really big. And I became a single mom out of nowhere. And I previously had a really demanding job. And I was just looking for a diversion in the moment to keep my head in something else. So I was going through the divorce and I found trading and I ended up loving it and finding that there was so much depth in it. In fact, it became a sort of spiritual practice for me, which is the wild part. And then I began teaching it to women, my friends first, and then other women and teaching them about this tool, which is a really powerful sovereignty skill in terms of making money. But inside of it is embedded so much of the spiritual work that all of us are trying to do spiritual and the inner work. And so for me like that, it's become a practice, the daily practice in working with money and also in working with so many of the other things that all of us I see around us are are with on a regular basis. Mm, that is so good. I love how you say spiritual practice because a lot of women or even anyone, I feel do not connect the two money and spiritual practice. I think it is becoming more out there as far as speaking about it. But me personally, I have, I did not consider money as a spiritual practice. So I love that you brought that up and I want to go deeper into that. But first, I always love to go into the story because it is so important as far as connection, community, and really building that connection with people. It's not just ourselves alone in the world. We're really here to support and love and help one another. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your story and go a little bit into the depth of that. Yes. Thank you. So where to begin? I have... I have done a lot of things in my life. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and I grew up in a very um, humble family. No one in my family had gone to college at all, ever. And somehow I had decided when I was 12 that I was going to go to Harvard or Princeton. And I have no idea why at all. Um, And I was all about words, literature, writing. That was my thing. And so... I was really into that. I was really into um, athletics and I was very accomplished in all of it. And I ended up going to Princeton and um, I met my my now husband, as I call him there. And I studied literature and English and then I went on to become a lawyer. So more writing, more words I had two kids and, you know, in that time I had an organic farm. I franchised a Wendy's and I did like all of these wild things. And I ended up living, I was living at the time on this small island outside of Seattle. I had a small farm and we were doing our things with our kids. And I just sort of had a moment. It had been brewing in me for a long time, but I finally faced the fact that the marriage was really unaligned for me and had been for a long time. 
And so after 21 years, I walked away from it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the big surprise was that right when I told my husband, he told me he was moving across the country. So in that moment, I was practicing law. I was uh, really the primary parent with the kids. My husband traveled a lot for work and I was becoming a full-time single mom and not having a co-parent at all. And I somehow felt guided. I don't even know by what. And I just started stripping all of the safeguards in my life away. It was like I was guided or being guiding myself towards this initiation. And I sold my house and I sold my car and I put everything that I had left in storage. I had no keys at all. And my kids and I each had one carry on suitcase and we got on a plane on the day of my 40th birthday and we flew to uh, Southern state in Oaxaca, which had been very um, nourishing and welcoming to me before. And we started there and we did really extensive travel and, and I had no work. I had wound, wound down my legal practice and I just had no idea what was next. It was a clean slate. And I guess looking back, a complete act of faith. Um, all I knew was that I wanted to finally feel good and aligned. And I did not want to have to leave my kids for 10 or 12 hours a day. And that's all I knew. And somehow, like I said, I, I, I came across trading and I liked this idea that it would, um, I don't know, keep my mind active. Maybe I had, have always had a very in active intellect and I started doing it and I did it in fits and starts. It was not, uh, I'm not a steady worker, right? I am like a full moon worker and then three weeks of, uh, restoring that energy. But I also didn't realize that at the time. And I was coming into so many realizations about myself. And so as I would go and work with the material and then let it marinate and come back and come back, I actually started to realize not only that it was effective for me financially, but I also started to realize that embedded within what is ostensibly just factually numbers, right? Like boring, logical numbers were actually patterns that I had observed my entire life in the natural world. And it occurred to me that, oh, this is there are human beings who are trading these stocks. It's, this is based on human emotions. This is based on recurring patterns that we all see and already know. And I was really hooked. I was really hooked. And so then I kept doing it and we traveled all through Southern Mexico and the Yucatan and all over the States. And then we were in Paris for a while. And my, meanwhile, my friends were in their corporate jobs and we're saying, what are you doing? Because we're stressed and we don't love our jobs, but you're doing this thing and you're traveling and you're with your kids and we would love that. And you're making money and will you teach us. And I think it was six to nine months that I was like, why would I do this? <clears throat> My life is so open and free. I don't want to take on something else. And <clears throat> excuse me. Finally, um, in early 2022, I got this huge, really strong hit that I needed to teach. And so that came and four days later, I started my class. So I went from whatever inception to my class in four days. And the huge surprise was that it 
felt like soul work sharing this with other women because our relationship collectively to money, I have still not come across a woman who has an uh, neat and tidy relationship with money in this culture. It is so sticky. And so that was the big surprise. I did it the first time and I asked all my friends, how do you want to learn this? And they said, I want to learn it, but I don't have time for a traditional class format. And so I said, fine, I'll teach you in five minute videos every day. So I sent them by email and text a five minute video. We got together once a week if they can make it live on Zoom. Otherwise, I recorded it. And it was a totally different pedagogical approach. It was about ease and allowing meeting people where they were. And so then at the end of the first class, I said, well, I'm just going to keep keep teaching it. You all can take it as many times as you want, because guess what? Life happens along the way. And usually people feel all this shame. They're like, oh, I signed up for this class. I committed to do this thing. And then halfway through, I don't know, work got busy or my kids needed something and I couldn't finish it. And then we all feel shame, right? Oh, I, I didn't do the thing. And I was like, no, just come back. I'm not going anywhere. Like, and so now I have, some people have taken it five times, right? It's, it's all about allowing. And um, bizarrely, this is soul work for me. This is like life work level, just sharing this with women. So yeah, I never thought I would arrive here ever. <clears throat> yeah, there was so much there that was coming up for me. So <laughs> we will be going deeper into your chart, but you are a mental projector, very, very open for everyone. So that's going to be on yes. the next podcast. Um, head Ajna defined. So there we go with all the numbers, all the keeping the mind busy. So aligned. Also, the 45 is in your unconscious, which is really about distribution of resources. So, so aligned, but that's in the unconscious. So sometimes that's hard to tap into. But you mentioned your um, your program or what you offer. So what is this program or what is this called? And you mentioned a little bit how it works. So who is this for? Yeah. So like I said, so the, the name of my program is Humans Who Trade. And really because it's focused on the human element of the people who come and take my class, like recognizing that we all have different capacities at different times and things like this. So like I said, it's totally different pedagogically, but it is a class that on the surface teaches women. I mean, I, I teach not women as well, but 85% of my students are women and teaches them how to trade in the stock market, right? So we have the sort of investing a lot of us are familiar with, which is the long-term investing. You buy something that someone else tells you to buy um, and you, you ostensibly keep it in your account for 30 or 40 years, right? I think a lot of us are told, oh, this is too hard, right? Like, just listen to us. We'll take care of you. We'll tell you the right things. And you might not understand really what it is. Like you have a vague idea, but you're just told, just set it and forget it and wait and things will work out in um, 30 or 40 years for you. This is not that. This is more active. It's not day trading, but it is um, selecting a stock with the criteria that I give and analyzing it based on patterns, right? People think, people think the stock market is all about numbers. There's very little math. So I teach people the patterns to look for. I teach you how to identify them. And then I teach you how to, to rate the strength of those patterns and which indicates the likelihood that a stock will, for example, if it's going down, it will stop going down and turn around and go up again. 
And so the idea is, is if we have, um, of course, it's never 100% perfect because that's the nature of the market and humans. But if we have a good indication of where those turnaround points are, we can effectively get on the escalator and then get off at the top and wait for it to go back down. Or we can even do wild things, which is what the market insiders do. They wait for it to get to the top and then they profit while it's going down. That's called selling short, right? So market insiders don't care if the market is going up or down. They're really focused on having just change in any way, which is why we all have this experience of saying, wait, whenever these big macro events happen, right? Like pandemics or recessions, how is it that the 1% is getting richer? And that's because they have financial tools to make money based on movement of the markets, not just the price going up. And so I teach all of that. But how I teach it is with real life examples, with spiritual references, because that is how I see it, right? I just don't see bars on a chart. You know, I teach subconscious beliefs and working with those. I teach heavily the nervous system because in my experience, somatics and the nervous system and subcon subconscious beliefs are more than 50% of your success as a trader. And that was based on my own trading experience. And then I happened to come on a, upon a huge body of academic research that 100% supports this, even looking at traders themselves, not just in general. So this is not just a transactional, here's the information, follow the step-by-step. -step. I do give you a step-by-step, -step, but it's far deeper and far more honest because that is what makes a sustainable trader. A lot of people try trading. And it doesn't work because it gets them on a cycle of fight or flight, right? And because you're driven by other things like pain avoidance and discomfort avoidance and beliefs about money that you don't even know you have, right? If, if you're only ever exposed to images in the financial news of white men in suits, we have plenty of research to show that even if you're not aware that you are taking in those images, that they affect your beliefs and behaviors, so maybe if you're, ha if you're nursing a belief the whole time that I just can't be successful at this because I don't look like that person, you will make decisions that will make that be true. And I did that at the beginning. And that's when I realized, oh, this is not about my intellect at all. Anyone can learn its patterns. This is not about how hard I work. This is about everything under the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. So that was your belief was that you couldn't do it because of the image that you had of what the normal person was that could do that. Because I was going to ask you, what was the one or the mo the biggest belief that you had about money that you had to kind of release and work through? Mm, so many. Um, well, that's interesting. My husband told me at one time he was in finance shortly after the divorce. And somehow I had decided to tell him I was trading. And he said, oh, that's impossible. People on Wall Street can't even do it consistently. There's no way you could, which in a way, to be honest, fueled me as well. But I would say even more than that belief, the belief that, that I had no idea that I held, and this is the one that surprised me in myself and in others, is we all talk about these negative limiting beliefs like, I'll never have more than enough money or it has to be hard to make money and things like this. But the one that shocked me was that I wasn't worthy of making, which is sort of a reverse of one I just said, but that how triggering 
making a lot of money with no effort was. And I have a story about that was that is wild. So the belief was it has to be hard to make money and any money I make. Um, well, I think it's that it doesn't have to be hard. It's not easy to make a lot of money. Right. And so last summer, I was working on a new trade type and it was a pretty advanced trade type. It's not one that I teach in my intro class, but I was in the zone like for like three or four weeks. I was making between five and ten thousand dollars a day by just like spending an hour and a half to two hours. And I was like just in it, just seeing it, executing, enter, exit, just like like this. And at the end of three weeks, three or four weeks, I have this Excel sheet that you can put in, you know, okay, this is how much I made this week. And if I keep making this much in 12 months, 24 months, whatever, I'll have this much money, right? It just does the math for you. And so, um, I mean, I think I was having like a 99% success rate with this trade. I mean, which is pretty uncanny in trading. And so I put the numbers in this Excel spreadsheet and I went down just to 12 months from then. And it said that I would have $13 million, which sort of gave me pause because I grew up in a working class family. Like no one I knew even invested in the stock market, let alone had $13 million by working one and a half to two hours a day. So I closed my laptop. I went away. I had my weekend. I came back on Monday, the same exact market circumstances, the same exact trade. I entered a trade that I hadn't with the, with, with the, um, guidelines that were nothing like what I had been doing the last three to four weeks. I watched the trade go against me, meaning the market was not going the direction I wanted it to go. And I just let it keep happening. And I watched it and I watched it and I watched the negative red numbers on my account. And I watched it all the way until the market closed in a state of freeze. And when I got to the end of the day, I had had a high five figure loss. And the part when I realized how powerful belief work is, is that I was relieved. I was completely relieved because my story was now in line with my actions, which is that A, I'm not worthy of having $13 million. And B, it has to be hard. I felt so much better after that loss. Wow. Uh-huh. That awareness is huge too, because a lot of people would have just gotten angry or upset or gotten down on themselves. Like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't, you know, but you were able to recognize the fact that you actually proved to yourself your own belief. Which so I what did, was yeah. the what was the next step after that? What did you do after that? <laughs> well, I um I took I stepped away from trading for a little bit. I had enough wherewithal to know that I needed to write my nervous system and the work at that moment was with the beliefs. And so I ended up coming back to a method that I had forgotten that I ever used. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with site K at all, but I had, it was developed, co-developed by Bruce Lipton, who wrote the biology of belief. And 
I had used it for a pretty traumatic birth event, like four or five years before uh, when I was living on that island. And as it often happens, serendipitously, my friend was like, oh, yeah, I'm living with this woman. And she only does subconscious reprogramming with Psych-K which was very odd and the timing was perfect. And so I really started working with her very seriously. And I also just started doing my own work around it um, and doing different methods, trying different methods and just trying to really lift it up out of the shadows, right? Like, yes, trying to change it, but also just bringing it out of the shadows. And being with it and acknowledging that like, this is part of me, right? This Mm. is like, I I think there's such a tendency, even in this world that we're in, of we want to change all the bad things, right? But that's also just another version of perfectionism, which serves to cage us. There's another way that says, I can bring it into the light and I can make space for it. I don't have Mm. to eradicate all of my so-called bad parts. So I tried lots of different things. And I gave myself a break from trading. I traded a lot in my simulation account, which is another form of self-love, right? Not, not taking my nervous system to a, a big um, overstressed state. And then s- slowly I got back in. I took a lot of the money I was trading with and I took it out of my account because I decided mm-hmm. it was, you know, the classic definition of trauma is too much, too fast, too soon. And so I said, okay, I don't have to be the most successful, profitable trader today. All I have to be is kind to myself. So I started trading with less and I started focusing on my process instead of my outcome. And so it was a very different pacing. It was less transactional. It was less, um, it was more kind to myself and it was so much better on my nervous system. And so my class was born out of all of that you know, and it keeps evolving. I add, I add videos to it all the time based on my own experiences and what I see in my students. It's really a living, breathing work. I love that because, you know, I feel like we grow and evolve all the time. If we're doing our work, we're going to grow and evolve all the time. Of course, things are living. They're going to shift and change and evolve because that's why you're evolving So you're going to bring that to others as well. And with everything that you've shared too, I just want you to know, like, I think you're badass. (laughs) I am receiving that. (laughs) Because you're like, pick up. You're the one that said, okay, I'm not happy. You use your voice, which is a lot of what I work with, right? The voice and actually being authentic, taking your kids, connecting with this, bringing this to women. Like it's, amazing and I love that you bring in the somatics because so many of us even in the coaching industry we feel like if I have ten thousand dollar months or whatever it is consistently then I feel good but really it's about the ebb and flow and being able to experience the ups and downs and enjoy it and not feel like nothing's wrong with you because of it is it like enjoying the flow of life yeah I mean Oh, I just got chills because isn't that what we have been all so conditioned to do is to judge ourselves. We are good or bad based on numbers. You know, how, how many, how much money did we bring in this month? How many orgasms did we have? What's the number of our pant size? What's the number on the scale, right? It's all we want. We are valued 
in proportion to these numbers. And yet, isn't the real metric, how do we feel, right? Do we feel good inside? Do we feel aligned? And I understand that there are realities of life. This is a very expensive world that we live in and we have to earn money to live. I get that. But could we bring the standard a little bit more towards, like you're saying, the ebb and the flow, the process, right? How we feel from this moment to that, how much we honored ourselves, how much we use our voices, right? What if those were the metrics? And so on the surface, I'm teaching women how to trade and it is a powerful skill. Almost every woman comes out of my class with off the charts confidence. People use words like life-changing, transformational, because it's such a thrill to be able to do something that we really have been shown and told is not for us. But it's really not about trading. It is and it isn't. This is, I see myself as a midwife for self-transformation or for return to self, right? So many of us have gone so far afield and it's not our fault, right? It's been a way to survive and stay safe but it might be getting a little safer. More of us like you and I and so many women are creating spaces where it's safe enough to actually ask, but what feels good to me? What, where is my power? Right? What am I capable of doing? And trusting. Trusting is huge um, because we've been conditioned to stay safe. We don't want to mess things up. We don't want chaos. We don't want to, we don't want to deal with that. So we limit ourselves so much because of that highs and lows of the emotional frequency. But really when you're able to step into the highs and lows and enjoy wherever you're at, then you can trust that you're supported. You can trust in making those bold actions. You can trust in doing things unconventional and you have the, and we'll go into this, but you have the 39 in your chart as well, which is all about provocation, which I have that in my unconscious son. So I love that it's all about provoking things so it's about poking and teasing and saying hey are you ready for growth or are you going to stay the same are you going to stay safe or are you going to be more and do more and feel more and trust more so i love that yeah i mean i just feel like I just feel like we are at this pivotal point, right? Where we have had this way of being, like you're saying, sameness, right? It's the it's the the safe blanket of sameness. Like we needed to be stable for others so they could have their experience. And yet if you look at us physiologically, we are anything but same, right? We are shifting hormonally all of the time. We are the moon, which is constantly changing. That is our essential nature, but we've been told that that's bad. And so we're in this process, I, I believe, of recalibrating to that really uncomfortable for most of us because it's been so long, but that flow that you're talking about, can you be in the intense emotions, right? Can you be there and still in your nerve and still hold on to yourself? And that's work. It's really mm-hmm. hard work and it's so rewarding. And you're right, because most of us are flying blind in that way. What models do we really have? that we have to rely on trust and faith. Mm-hmm. So your, um, 
your class, when does it, do you, does it evergreen? Does it, do you have certain start dates when the next start date, all that goodness. Cause I would love for people to reach out to you to find you. We'll have all the information in the show notes as well. Yeah, I would love that. So my next class begins on July 3rd, the first Monday of July. And you know, I was running it, starting a new one every month. And then I really had, you know, being, being a projector, I really had to tune into my energy and say, that is too much. Like I am getting depleted doing that. So right now I'm shifting to roughly every eight weeks because the, the live portion of the class, um, meaning you get the daily emails and texts runs for eight weeks, weekdays for eight weeks. And you have lifetime access to it, but that's the time when I'm really there with you and you're really with your cohort. You know, this, it's sort of a field of people who are doing this work together because it's very important to me that you feel held and that you're not doing this work alone in isolation. And so, yeah, June or July 3rd. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. July 3rd. Like what month is this? July 3rd (laughs) is when we start next. And, um, it is, always amazing to me. I sort of stand in awe, not knowing who will come. And it is always so powerful and alchemical what happens in those eight weeks and just to continue watching these transformations. And it's so symbiotic because my students teach me as well. And people are coming from all over the world. I've had students and women from Taiwan and Ethiopia and Mexico and Denmark and the Netherlands and Norway and Sweden and Canada and the UK and obviously the US and Japan. And it's like, we're weaving this web where you can both be in the energy of money, which in my opinion is source energy, just like sex can be source energy and body can be source energy and nature can be source energy. So can money. And you can be in that energy and you can also be doing your spiritual practice right inside of that, right? Woven with that. You don't have to silo these parts of yourself off. Mm, I absolutely love that. So if any of you are interested, make sure that you look in the show notes, all of her info will be there so that you can check everything out. And I'm sure if you have questions, you can send her an email as well. I am so grateful that you are here and I love everything. Mm-hmm. So um, any last words that you want to say to someone or a woman kind of, or actually I'm just going to put myself because I have open head and Ajna. So numbers are, for me, are like, it has to do with math when I was younger, like numbers I don't like. And because of that, I kind of like push them away. I don't want to know all the things. So what would you recommend to someone or say to someone if they have a relationship with numbers where it's kind of like, they just don't want to deal with it? Hmm. Well, I have two things to say. I have the first thing to say is that trading is actually almost not about numbers at all. That's a really common myth. It's about patterns. And I have found, I think all humans have a natural proclivity for pattern finding. But I have noticed and observed that women have tend to have a particularly refined ability to look for patterns, right? We're often primary caregivers. We're often looking for cues and little differences in the people we're taking care of, right? Just the kind of work we have naturally um, been funneled into in the last two to 10,000 years has required a lot of detail in our observations. And that is actually what trading is. And in fact, there's research that indicates that women are more profitable traders and they do it by trading less. 
And so that fascinates me. It's right there in the research. So, and for the few numbers, things that there are, which we're really talking about addition, subtraction, and division, I provide uh, Excel calculators, right? So you could literally come and do no math and just punch in numbers, which are just prices. And so it's not really about numbers. It's about patterns. So the other thing that I would say is that I have worked with a lot of women in my class who have this a similar belief around math and numbers. I think I don't like them. I think they're boring. And I have a perspective that says that could be, and I would never want to gaslight you, but I would also want to offer, could it also be that you were taught numbers in a way that was not interesting? that you were taught numbers in a way that didn't account for all of the aspects that you bring to the table. Maybe you were taught numbers in a very dry, bland, transactional, masculine way, right? And isn't it interesting how many of us then go on to say, we don't like numbers, or maybe we're not even good at them, right? And I say, well, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the way that numbers were introduced to you. Maybe it's the messages that you received about who should be good at numbers. Maybe it's the people pictured in your textbooks, the names of the people in your word problems. Maybe it was Jim and Joe, right? Maybe it was not Miranda and Aaron. Yeah. And when what came up for me there too, and a lot of it, I know you mentioned somatics. Uh, it was the embodiment. It was for, it, it, like when I learned numbers, it was more so I didn't quite understand and the teachers did not respond in a way that could help me understand so that I could embody it. For me, I have a totally open Ajna. So for me, things go in and out. I have to embody. And because mm-hmm. I never embodied it, yeah. I didn't get it. So I love that you, and we're going to talk about the embodiment because you have a lot of that in your chart oh, as well. Good. So <laughs> we'll go deep into that because I feel like maybe there's embodiment with this, which is beautiful for people that have the defined head Ajna because they have that access there. And for those that need the embodiment, there's that access as Mm -hmm. well. So I feel like it's a yes and, but we'll go deeper into that on the next one. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I don't know. And do you have time for me to just share one story about a student with her relationship with math and numbers? So definitely. Okay. So I have a student and she signed up for my course, maybe maybe last summer. And I had known her, I had taken this wonderful class about the uh, year long class about the effects, the subtle effects of the patriarchy on women. So I had met her through that and she took the class and she was very excited, but you know, I can see on the back end who is looking at videos and I don't watch it carefully, but I just noticed that she wasn't really watching any of the videos, which happens. People get busy, life gets busy. And then I offered um, a subconscious Uh, beliefs workshop for all of the students who had taken my class to date. And one of the beliefs that we worked with was the notion of it is safe for me to work with numbers and math. And so we went through this sequence that I do. And um, she happened to tell me after the fact and share that she had had um, a very, her, her very beloved math teacher in high school was apparently just a wonderful person taught math in such an embodied way, inspired her so much the way he just was in the world. And she loved math. And he had been tragically killed during the year that she was, was being taught by him. 
And she said that she had no interaction with math. She was uh, in her mid is in her mid fifties. She had had no interaction in math since she was 14 years old. And that event happened. And she was having a really hard time doing the videos in the class because of her association with trading and math. And so we did this sequence and she told me that the next day she was able to go through all of her clippings that she had kept for 40 years about this incident, about her math teacher, about reliving it. And the crazy part was the next time I started the class and she rejoined it again, every day I would get a notification on who watched my video first. And she was the first person to watch the video for every single day of the course. But she had held this belief for 40 years that math was scary, right? It was unsafe for her and numbers for a very specific reason. But it just shows that we can, when we're ready, we can work with these beliefs. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show thank you for being here thank you for sharing your genius i'll definitely put everything in the show notes and uh we will be back for thursday where we get to dive into your chart and i get to ask you some questions in those aspects so i want to say thank you thank you so much well thank you too i'm really excited to be talking with you thank you and thank you everybody Uh, Tune in for Thursday. As always, I love you. Love you. I love you. And thank you. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.